Hey, beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. And believe it or not, your digestion process starts well before you put the food in your mouth. This is why our senses are so important. This is why mindful practices reap a lot of really good beneficial results. Welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, as always, your host, Adele Johnston, the Menopause Coach. I'm super excited actually about this one today because I'm bringing in a lot of my foundational knowledge on nutrition. So as a certified nutritionist and nutrition coach, I am here to bring you some of the black and white, the stuff that really counts, the core foundational stuff within nutrition and menopause space. We hear a lot of noise out there and I know for many of you, because you reach out to me and you ask these questions, that it can get quite a bit overwhelming. Understanding what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating, what you should be doing, shouldn't be doing, it just gets a little bit noisy and complicated at times. So we're going to debunk a lot of this for you today. Now, please, if you are here to listen in because you do want to know what the perfect menopause diet is, I do not want to burst your bubble so early on in the episode, but I'm not here to make you stay with us for the next half an hour if this is not your thing. So spoiler alert, there is no perfect diet for the menopause, okay? We can say that in a sentence. There is no perfect diet for the menopause. Do you want to know why? Because each of you, each of us, me, you, everyone around us, we're individuals, okay? The way that we are designed, yes, we all have, most of us, the same makeup in terms of having our legs, having our arms, if we are grateful and blessed to still have our mobility. If we are in a space and place where we have our health, then we are super grateful for all of that. But here's the thing, as much as we are all inverted commas, human beings, we are very different in how we are then genetically put together. And this is important to note because your genetics do play a role in your overall health and your overall well-being. But another big, and this is a bit of a painful one, so if this triggers you, then please sit with it for a moment, take a breath and ask yourself, why is this triggering me so much? The big thing in all of this is, yes, your genetics play a role, your DNA, okay, passed down from generations back, from your parents and their parents and their parents and way back, beyond. But actually, it's your environment and your choices that determine your overall longevity and health. Okay, choices are important. We all have freedom of choice, or most of us around this world do. And it's important that we understand what that choice means for us. When we are blessed to be able to walk into a supermarket or food store or food shop and pick up the foods that we would like, that's all in choice. When we take the choice and the opportunity to go through drive throughs and order from there, there's no shame in any of this, but it's choice. So it is through your choices and your environment and your lifestyle that will determine whether you are in a good form of health or whether you could be better. All right, so your health is very much determined by a lot of factors, 
not just your genetics and your DNA from when you were born. So let's just dive in a little bit to what that means for us. Because like I say, there's a lot of noise out there on eat this, eat that, don't eat this, don't eat that. I just read this morning from someone that's got quite a a good massive following over in the US saying that we should be eating high fibre, low saturated fat and that is the best diet for menopause. Well, I don't know how this person knows that because we don't have a perfect diet. It doesn't exist. Someone's understanding of what is perfect to then someone else's is entirely different. So I invite you to come into this episode with a truly open mind your eyes and ears ready to receive and just being very truthful with anything that comes up that does trigger you. Understand that anything that triggers you in life is coming from a place where you know that there is things there that you need to do better with. That is ultimately why that happens. Okay, It triggers something inside of your brain that says, oh, wait a minute, (gasps) we do that. Oh my God, hide away. Or, oh my God, lash out because we don't want to admit that we are in that category of person. So allow the triggers to happen. This is what is going to help you in your journey to finding what works for you. So when we talk about diet, I just want to be clear on that word right from the start. We're not talking about weight loss. When I speak about diet, I mean the food that you bring into your dietary intake, your nutritional and dietary intake of food. Okay, so let's just make sure that that's clear. So the question that everyone asks, what should I be eating in menopause to make sure that I am healthy? This is the big million dollar question. And straight off, I'm going to say to you, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that I'm going to tell you here today that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's brand new. I've never heard that before. But what you are going to hear is a genuine, very understanding guide to your dietary intake through menopause. Because each of us have different needs. Each of us have different wants. And it's about staying true to you, understanding that the choices that you are making that are yours, those choices are yours. You can make those choices whether you go through the drive-through. You can make those choices whether you are creating space and time and energy to do the food shop, to do a little bit of food prep if that's what you need to be doing. But you do not need to do all these things. It's what feels good for you. So I understand that for some people listening to this, you'll say, yes, that's all fine and well, Adele but I need some parameters, right? Just give me something that is going to tell me step one, step two, step three. So I want to be able to give you and gift you away some steps that you can implement as part of this episode. Always an invitation, never a dictatorship. So as we understand what is an optimal diet, when we talk about this maybe being within health, we appreciate that our foods all have different nutritional values. Okay, we've got these macronutrients, which are our big, so macro meaning big. These are our big nutrients. These are our proteins, our carbohydrates, our fats. And each of our foods have either all or some of these elements. And that is what makes up our dietary intake. Okay, so just to be clear, we don't eat single nutrients. We eat whole foods as in whole foods put together. 
not as in the whole food store. So this is about pulling together all of your nutrition into a meal and understanding that your body does not work on a 24-hour cycle. This is important. A lot of people are mind-blown by this when we start working together and I teach them about how the body actually works, how we absorb our nutrients, how over time that's what's important. This isn't about the one takeout that you have at the weekend where all of a sudden you're demonising and you're stating to yourself, I've failed. I've had the takeout. I'm not healthy anymore. Okay, the way that your body will work through any food that we eat is it will start to digest it. It will take out from there what it needs to thrive and survive. And the bits that it doesn't need, it just gets rid of them. Okay, we poop that out. So it's all, all good. So what we understand when we talk about nutrition, there is this whole process within the body that is linked to a whole biochemical and physiological process. Okay, so what we need to appreciate here is that there's a lot of things happen inside our body when we eat food. And believe it or not, your digestion process starts well before you put the food in your mouth. This is why our senses are so important. This is why mindful practices reap a lot of really good beneficial results for a lot of individuals. Because we have become a very mindless society when we eat in front of gadgets We don't take time to really sit down and connect with the foods that we are having. So that element of the biochemical and the physiological processes that happen, this is what helps our body to survive and thrive. Okay, everything from ingesting the food right through to excretion or pooping it out. And your body is on a beautiful journey as it goes through that. So what I want to be able to do today is give you this overview of what do we mean when we talk about best dietary intake? What's the best diet for menopause? There is no one perfect diet that promotes full health. Okay, like I say, everybody's individual. Just because you have takeout does not mean that you are having a bad dietary intake. It is food, your body will utilise the nutrients that are there, but we do need to be mindful of a few factors. So clear considerations for your overall health, super important. I want you to consider the fact that around the world, there are many, many different cultures. We eat differently. This is the best thing about when we go on holiday, we get to experience all these amazing tastes and experiences and foods. And it's just beautiful. It's culture, right? It's absolutely beautiful. So eating with a healthy relationship to food is going to gift you so much in your future. This is the removing of any demonization of certain foods, of not being able to hold yourself back from decisions on food menus or experiences when you're at friends and families where you just can't be free in what you want to have. So there's that element of this healthy relationship with food that plays a massive role in actually having the most healthiest of diets through menopause. It starts before you've even eaten the food. That might blow your mind. Always thinking about what's in season. This is a really good tip. So again, at the moment we are in the summertime and through summertime we have some beautiful roots, fruits and veggies that are available to us. We start to find that we are probably consuming a lot more salads because the weather's nice. 
so we are a lot more abundant within our plant-based food intake. This then gifts our body a lot of the fruits, roots and vegetables that we look and strive to take in. So for those of us that enjoy eating all of the different fruits, roots and vegetables, this is an abundant time during our summertime for our fruits and our salads. As we come into more of the autumn or fall and the winter time, we find that we then turn more to things like soups and stews and this is where the abundance of carrots and frozen peas in your freezer will lend themselves to you. So a couple of top tips here from me to you, and these are tips that I will help my clients through as well, is number one, your fruits, roots and vegetables do not need to be fresh all the time. You can purchase frozen, okay, brilliant sources where a question I would love for you to ask yourself at each meal time is, what one more vegetable can I add to this meal? And being able to go into your freezer and either pulling out the bag of mixed medley veg or your freezer peas, you're able to add those to all meals and just boost that nutritional content of the food. Okay, so always asking yourself, what one more vegetable can I add to this meal? In terms of fruit, please always endeavour to make sure you're having around two portions of fruit each day. Now, I fully understand that out there, there are some guidance where it'll suggest that you want to be having variety. That's not always possible. So when we buy a bunch of bananas and a bag of apples, sometimes that's all we're buying. Excellent. Brilliant sources of potassium, amazing sources of vitamin C. So we want to have those in the fruit bowl. We want to be able to just take from there. So rather than thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to go and buy about six or seven different fruit varieties just so I can have my two pieces each day over the week, my encouragement here is not to see this as a daily 24-hour cycle, but instead to think about this week I'll buy bananas and apples, next week I'll buy grapes and oranges, the following week, oh, we're in season, it's berry season, I'm going to buy some blueberries and strawberries. So this is for you to think about what works for you to reduce back any possibility of waste as well. So eating seasonally with those foods as a focus is a super powerful tool to have in your toolbox. The next thing, and this is actually really quite a vital one, it actually takes us away from food for a second. But for those of you that are familiar with the Mediterranean style of eating, you'll be familiar with a pyramid. And in that pyramid... On the very base layer, the structure, the core, the foundations of that lifestyle isn't even food. Yeah, it's community, love, socialising and movement. So before we even get to the point of saying these are the foods you need to eat, because in reality, it's all individual. We can't tell one person what they should be eating and what they shouldn't be eating. It's your choice. So remembering that if it's triggering you, it's a good thing. So when we come to the base of that pyramid and we think about community, love, socialising, movement, what's important to note with all of this is we thrive on this as human beings. When we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, again, the baseline of his pyramid, this is a proven psychology practice around how we become really connected with who we are, how we experience that actualization and purpose of who we are. Within that psychology piece, we have to have basic needs. 
And those basic needs include love. They include community. And that's important to us as human beings to thrive and survive. So again, thinking about your healthy relationship with food as point one, this one really knits into that beautifully within that community, love, socialising and movement. So this part might be blowing your mind a little bit around, but wait a minute, Adele, we've not even talked about food, really. I get that. I totally get that. What's important with all of this as well is understanding that no food is demonised and no food is cut out within a really optimal way of eating, an optimal dietary intake. Understanding that there's a few health factors that contribute overall. So things like stimulant use, like alcohol or nicotine, we do want to make sure that we're limiting what we're doing here. It's really important. This is your one opportunity, your one body. We don't get to check out and say, can I start again, please? You know, I've kind of effed up in this section. I want to go back and not be a smoker. I want to go back and not be an alcohol drinker. I want to go back and really treat my body with respect from a younger age because do you know what? I didn't because I wasn't knowledgeable. So what's important in all of this is that there is no shame, but you always have every single moment. It doesn't have to be when you wake in the morning as a fresh new day to start again. You've got every second of every day as a fresh new moment to start again. This doesn't have to be a decision that you make on a Friday. I'll start again on Monday. Okay, if you are that person listening to this, please allow this to trigger the absolute hell out of you right now. If you're listening to this and you are that person that says on a Friday, I will make change on Monday. You are not going to make change on Monday. The longer you prolong, the more permission you're giving yourself to procrastinate. The more permission you give yourself to procrastinate, the longer you sit in that cycle. So please let this trigger you now. If you are that individual, you're listening to this saying, oh my God, I feel seen. I feel so seen right now, Adele. I want you to finish this episode and start the change that you have been procrastinating on. It's as simple as that. Don't think about it. Just do. Take the action and watch what happens. Sorry, I got totally digressed there right now. That was what I would refer to as a squirrel moment. If any of you have watched Up, It's one of my favourite movies. I love it. And the dog always gets (laughs) completely sidetracked whenever there's a squirrel. That was my squirrel moment, but it felt relevant. So I brought it in. So what I want to do is I want to go a little bit further into this with you now. And I want to start talking about foods, because when we hear a lot in the space and menopause around what should I eat, what's optimal for me, what's healthy, you're going to have a few core foundations that are going to help you, okay? So when we talk about nutrition and health, we talk about those macronutrients, like you heard at the start of the episode. Those are your bigger nutrients. This is where your food basically comes together into a really core nutritional balanced intake. Protein. This is essential, okay? We need to have protein in our lives, whether it's animal or whether it's plant is your choice. There's that word again, choice. We all have it beautifully in this land. And within each of those, within protein, they have amino acids within them that become the building blocks. And what's important with that is you have some essential amino acids within your proteins 
and you have some non-essentials. What I want you to take away from this is protein is essential to your survival, to your thriving, to your health. Okay, and to put it into context, what protein does for us inside our body is help our cells to repair, rejuvenate, rebuild, regrow. Everything from bone to muscle to your skin, so important. So think about, am I having enough protein now that Adele's mentioning this to me? Because realistically, we want you to be taking in anything from about 20 to 30 grams of protein at each main meal. Not in a day. In a day, I would be looking for you to be taking in about 80 to 90 grams of protein. Okay, minimum. Absolute minimum. So if you're not already doing that, and you're thinking, geez, I'm only having about 30, 35, 40 grams a day, please make the decision after listening to this today to increase one of your meal's protein sources. All right, super important. The next macronutrient that we will very much need in our lives is fats. So fats are essential. We don't want to be cutting these fats out. They're essential to our survival, to our thriving. And certainly within menopause care, they take a heavier focus. These fats come in the form of saturated fats, monounsaturated fats, polyunsaturated fats. So there's two unsaturated. So saturated, unsaturated, and we have trans fats. The only direction that I want to really make clear in all of this is saturated and unsaturated fats. We shouldn't be demonizing these, okay? Unsaturated, yes, we want to be making sure that the majority of our intake is in the unsaturated, but saturated still plays a role. It's trans fats that we certainly want to be completely eradicating or pulling back on. These are the fats that are man-made. These are the fats that we don't benefit from within our body. Now, what I want to guide you on with this is understanding that we have fat-soluble vitamins. You're like, ooh, I'm feeling the connection right now. Fat-soluble vitamins that we need are vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K. Now, those four vitamins, you cannot absorb them into your body to do their good stuff for your immune system, for your overall health, for your skin health, yeah, for your energy levels, for your sleep. You will not absorb these vitamins, even if you are absolutely like Adele, my diet is legitimately the best diet in the world. But if you do not have ample amounts of dietary fat intake, And what I mean by ample amounts, I would always guide about 30 to 40% of total calories of dietary fat intake. You are not going to absorb those core essential vitamins well enough. So please remind yourself of that. The next time you're going in and purchasing low fat or or fat-free, I want you to rethink it. Okay, fat is not bad. Essential fats are not body fat. That is not lipids, not fat lipids within your body. When you eat a fat source, you are not directly eating fats that are going to contribute to body fat. Body fat, let's just say that it's it's grown over time when we eat more energy than our body requires at that point. And if we continue to eat more energy than our body requires at that point, We store that energy for later. Our body does its job perfectly. And as we store that energy for later, 
it builds itself into fat cells, fat lipids for later. So if we're not using that energy, our body's storing that energy inside fat lipids and cells. And that's how we become in a bigger body. So it's important to note that that's how this works. It's not through eating fat sources. Then as we move into carbohydrates, carbohydrates are not essential for us to live. And I think this is why we can get caught into this piece of, well, if they're not essential, why do we eat them? Well, carbohydrates have a very big role like protein and fats have within our body. And we've got to remember that they come in various different forms. Okay, so let me just keep this quite high level. We have got complex carbohydrates and these carbohydrates are slow releasing. So think of things like oats. Oats are a brilliant source of slow releasing carbohydrates. Whole grains, things like that. Then if we look at simple carbohydrates, these are the opposite. These are fast releasing carbohydrates. Okay, this is things like your fructose, your glucose. And these come in the forms of, well, fruit, but also chocolate, sugary sweeties, anything containing that refined carbohydrate source. And what we've got to recall with all of this is both of these carbohydrate sources are relevant. Okay, I don't want you to be feeling that you cannot be having the chocolates and the sweeties. What's important in understanding in all of this is you might be an athlete listening to this. And if you are an athlete and you do a lot of sports, you run marathons. I've got one of my clients is a marathon runner and we introduce quite a lot of simple carbohydrates into her training. So for her, her dietary intake benefits from simple carbohydrates for her performance, for her health. And she is the most healthiest, fittest, happiest woman I have ever met since we started working together. Then on the other hand, I've got ladies who are type 2 diabetic. So for us to build in a lot of simple carbohydrates to their dietary intake, it would be detrimental. It wouldn't be beneficial for them. So back to the start of this episode when I said there is no optimal diet, there's no perfect diet within this space because it's all relevant to you, your lifestyle, the choices that need to be made to make sure that it's optimal for you. Okay, this is important. So appreciating that, yes, we have so many different forms of foods that we can eat, but understanding what you need for your body is so vital rather than listening to the noise Okay, so full invitation for you to block out the noise, to be fully present for what you know that your body thrives upon. Okay, if you're someone who feels that just because Liz around the corner is doing keto, that you need to go and follow that. I want you to appreciate that there's a few things that you need to consider with all of this. Number one, although carbohydrates are not essential, they are your brain's main fuel source. And if you're already struggling with fatigue, if you're already having some sleepless disruption, if you're already finding brain fog as a challenge, your emotional feelings and thoughts are a bit dysregulated right now, then my advisory would actually be not to cut out carbohydrates. Okay, we've got to think about that the, the gut thrives upon different, if we think about them as microbe cultures and colonies, if we aren't feeding them properly, they're not thriving. And if your gut's not thriving, 
Well, 97%, 90 to 97% of your serotonin is produced and made in the gut. So if you've not got a happy environment there, you're going to feel that. So I want you to consider that actually it's not the best of things to be cutting food groups out. Caveat to that is if you're under a dietitian and that dietitian is supporting your journey. I want you to consider the fact that balancing out your intake of protein, fats and carbs is going to give your body the best opportunity for feeling its best possible self. It's so important. So we touched upon a little while ago the Mediterranean diet. And the reason that I talk about this is because it's one that I actually follow myself. It's one that my family follow. And it's one that I do encourage and educate around within the menopause space. I coach quite heavily on this in the menopause support coach certification. And the reason that I do that is because the Mediterranean style of eating, also known as the Mediterranean diet pyramid, is such a beautiful overview and understanding of how we as women during our menopause can still eat the things that we love and enjoy but also incorporate things that are going to support our bodies okay so before we even get into food we're talking about being physically active how many of you are getting out and walking each day how many of you are making sure that you are moving your body each day this plays a massive role in your overall nutritional health believe it or not We've not even touched food and it's still super important. And then as we move up into the fruits, roots, vegetables, we want some grains in there. We want to make sure that we're building in some herbs and spices and seeds and nuts before we even get to any other food type or source. This is where things like your healthy fats like olive oil, olives, avocados, nuts and seeds will play a massive role. Always thinking about how you can add these food groups. Yeah, rather than the easy grab and go foods all the time, they still play a role. What can you have that's really, really nutrient dense for you? You know, asking yourself the question, have I had enough fruits, roots or veggies today? What one more veg can I add to this meal? And then appreciating, have I had enough protein? When was the last meal I had? Did I have a protein source in that? So staying true to you is what is going to help this. Always asking those questions. Making sure that you build in some fish and seafood. This is important. Why? Because oily fish around about two times per week is going to gift you the beautiful, beautiful intake of nice, healthy, oily dietary fats. Good for the brain, good for the heart, good for the joints. So if you're not managing to eat around two portions of oily fish per week, oily fish being things like sardines, salmon, kippers, I would love for you to consider a supplementation. Okay, so invitation to consider that if you are not having two portions of oily fish per week. And then poultry. So poultry being things like your chicken, your turkey. This is important as well for those of you that are animal produce eaters. For those of you listening to this that do not have any animal product, then again, the fish the animal produce is excluded from this for you. There's considerations for you then around a B12 supplement because you won't be getting any of that if you're not having animal product. So depending upon what you choose for your lifestyle is what you are choosing for your lifestyle. Be aware, be knowledgeable, understand what each of these nutrients do for your body. Okay, this is a statement that I make Quite clearly, it might trigger a little bit within you. 
but listen to it really, really, really listen to it. You have the choice. It is your body. No one else is responsible for that. Your choice, your body, your responsibility. So if you do not feel knowledgeable within nutrition for your body, become educated. If you do not understand how nutrition works in your body, become educated. Listen to podcasts on nutrition. Read articles. Jump on to solid, reputable sources of information. Notice how I didn't say jump onto social media there because there's a lot of bogus information that sits around that space. If you're stuck, a really beautiful first source for you to go to right now would be the book Is Butter a Carb? This is one that I recommend for a lot of my clients when we appreciate and understand that they have gaps in their knowledge around their nutritional needs and their body. It's beautifully written. It's evidence-based. So Is Butter a Carb? You can get that on audiobook and you can purchase it as a proper paperback. I do not get kickback from the book publishers or the author for recommending this book. It is a very good read. So please understand that this is your choice. This is your body. This is your responsibility. If you find that you're unsure, do not listen to Liz round the corner unless Liz is a qualified nutritionist or dietitian. Period. Full stop. Exclamation mark. End of story. Moving on. So we need to think about what is right for you. And what is right for you may not be right for the next person, which is why becoming educated is so important for you and yourself. Now, whilst we've talked a little bit about the Mediterranean style of eating, ultimately what this is saying is, let's just get lots of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, you know, natural sources of food coming through into your diet. Then we want to think about seafoods and when we want to think about some animal product, some dairy in there. Dairy plays a good role. Cheesies and yogurts. Yeah, we want moderate intake of those. They sit higher up in the pyramid, but they still play a role. And then our meats and our sweets are on occasion. So the red meats that we have, we're still allowed those. No food is off limits. Nothing is banned, but it's all in moderation based around that Mediterranean pyramid. So a few menopause considerations for you. Number one, vitamin D. If you are living in a very sunny climate just now, please make sure that you are getting some exposure to the daily sunshine. Okay, around about 15 to 20 minutes, maybe first thing in the morning before the height of the the heat, absolute excellent source. We cannot eat enough vitamin D. Okay, there are sources within eggs, within some whole grains, oats, for example, but, and this is a big but, you are not going to be able to eat enough. The main source is through the sun. So if you're not in a very sunny climate, if you're listening to this and you're UK based, you are not in a sunny climate. (laughs) Although we have had some nice weather, it's not enough. So please consider a supplement and speak to your GP. Maybe run some bloods on where your vitamin D levels are sitting so that you can have a tailored dosage for you. This will really help with your immunity support and strengthening of your bones. Number two, calcium. It's a big one, right? We think calcium, we think bones. So this does help with bones, yes, it keeps them strong, but it also helps with your heart. And we appreciate that during menopause, cardiovascular health is so important. 
It also helps with your muscles, your nerve function. So this is really important and it actually works in partnership with vitamin D. Vitamin D helps your body to absorb the calcium. So that's why we put those together. A third one would be magnesium. Now, I actually recommend that my ladies will consider magnesium glycinate. That magnesium is a beautiful source of being able to help you to promote sleep. It's great for your brain, for your body's tissue, and again, your bone and muscle health. So these three together are ones that I would suggest, never as a blanket style approach, because not everyone will need them all. But if you're sitting here thinking, oh, yes, I could do with that, then these are three that I would suggest. And then a fourth one, which we've touched upon, is around your oily fish intake. If you're not a fish lover, that's totally fine. There's no judgment here. Please consider an omega-3. Again, this is an invitation to consider. I would love for you to get very clear on what you know you want and need for your own body. So an omega-3 containing EPA and DHA combined. It'll say that on the tub when you're purchasing it. And again, this really vastly helps with brain health, heart and joint health. So considerations of things to include. What you want to be making sure you're reducing, this is not cutting out or stopping, but reducing things like processed food types. It's not that you can't have ham. It's just we're not going to eat ham all day, every day. We're going to be sensible with it. You can still enjoy your ham salad roll. Alcohol intake. Okay, this is more around the frequency of it. For some women in menopause, I'm being one of them, alcohol doesn't massively agree with us anymore. It can spark a histamine reaction and we can become quite itchy or irritable. We can find that we get very quickly dehydrated, headaches start happening, we knock off our sleep ability and it's just that kind of thing again through choice. There's that word. Choice in, I know if I have this red wine, I'm going to be a bit off for the next couple of days. Do I make the choice to have it and enjoy it because it's tasty with my steak? Or do I actually decide, no, it's not worth the impact? And then stimulant use. Again, it's the same with alcohol. Think about frequency. Think about choice. Spicy foods. This is one, again, that as much as herbs and spices are magnificent, they are great for antioxidant values. They count towards our intake of fruits, roots and veggies. We can put them into most meals, to be fair. But for some ladies listening to this, you might think my tolerance to spicy foods has massively reduced whilst I've entered into menopause. You might find that through spicy hot foods that your vasomotor symptoms, your flushing or your sweating, is exasperated. So again, choice. It's not that you have to give up processed foods or alcohol or stimulant use or spicy foods. It's that you have a choice to make on whether they serve you and whether they help your body to feel your best self. So hopefully this has opened up a little bit of an aha box for you to start considering and thinking about are you knowledgeable enough for your own body's wants needs for you to be able to feel thriving and vibrant within your menopause or do you have some gaps within there that you know you now need to plug that you need to understand more around there are options available for that 
Is Butter a Carb being one of those books that you can read up on? This is not about me selling you something at the end of this podcast episode. If you want to come and work with us and our team, we have our arms wide open. But this is not about that. This is about helping you to appreciate where you maybe have gaps in your understanding and your knowledge. We've literally skiffed the surface of this today. The detail that we go into in the Menopause Support Coach Certification, the lessons within that are so much more detailed. For a reason, we are educating other coaches to support other women worldwide. So the detail must be there. If you are a coach and you are listening to this, then our waitlist is now open for our January intake for 2023. You're not going to want to miss that. For those of you that are listening to this to better your own health, there are so many more things that we have not even touched upon today that I feel are going to benefit in another episode. So things such as phytoestrogens. These are compounds that are found naturally in plants and they're termed phytoestrogens. And a lot of people think that they can just eat those food types and replace their estrogen. So I feel like that's another episode in itself so that I can cover off what those are, what they do in the body, what foods contain phytoestrogens. But for now, I feel that this is a beautiful place for us to leave you. I'm sure your brain is spinning with everything we've covered. But to answer the question around, is there an optimal nutritional diet for menopause? The answer is not really, because it's all in your choice. It's in whether you choose to have the foundations. It's whether you choose to follow some guidelines of fruits, roots and vegetables every day, at proteins at every main meal, at good intake of fat sources of about 30 to 40% of total calories each day or across your week, and appreciating that no food should be demonised. This is choice. And I want you to feel super empowered in that space rather than fearful. There are far too many individuals out in the menopause education space creating fear. Fear around things that you should and shouldn't eat. But your body is unique. And what's important with that is that you feel empowered to be able to take your own journey to have the croissant if you want the croissant, but understanding, does that help me over time? If you're eating croissants all day, every day, and we were working together, that's when I would be making some suggestions of how we could support your body and not be having croissants all day, every day. So it's being sensible. And it's not listening to those individuals that are creating that scaremongering noise of you shouldn't be eating this because it will create cancer. You shouldn't be having that because it's going to make your menopause worse. I want you to be happy. I want you to be free and I want you to be healthy. And we can do all of those things while still enjoying the foods that you love and experiencing all of the array of beauty that that brings into your life through family celebrations, through Thanksgivings and Christmases. All of these things absolutely make part. If we think back to the Mediterranean style of eating, that pyramid shows us that the baseline of that is all about community, socialising, love, connection, movement, before we even get to food. So that's vastly important. I want you to really consider on this one. 
And anything that comes up for you today, please know that I am here. I am always monitoring the mailbox for the team. So please do reach out to us. You can email us at support at adelejohnstoncoaching.com. So that's the word support at adelejohnstoncoaching.com. And I will make sure that I come back and answer any questions that come off of this podcast episode. Just pop into the title, question on episode 12, and I will come back to you myself. So I hope this has been really insightful for you. I really, truly hope that you have been triggered. I want you to take away something that is going to help you to really understand where you have some gaps in your own knowledge around nutrition for your own health and body. It's important that you feel empowered to be able to ask questions, knowing that my team and I are here to support you any time. Please do make sure that you are subscribed to all future episodes. And it goes without saying, if you've enjoyed this episode, then let us know. Jump onto your social media and give us a tag at Adele.Johnston. We will share that across our community and we will celebrate together that we are freeing. We are making menopause mainstream and we are doing so with a vibrancy. We are doing so with energy and we are doing so in a happy environment. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing, to help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream. <laughs>